What up, what up, what up, what up, what up, what up? Can you hear me okay? We got you, brother man. We definitely got you. You sounding loud and clear. Outstanding, outstanding. I'm doing a little traveling and make sure this internet connection is working like it's supposed to. So definitely excited. What is going on, good people out there in podcast land? This your boy, Chef Dre Blast, Coach Andre Blasting Game with the recipe menu Monday. This is going to be a special holiday edition, right? It's a. Uh, uh, I think last time when I did my first show, it was it was July fifth, but it was an observed holiday on that Monday. So I'm excited to be back in here once again doing this. And of course, as you always know, there's always a sponsor for every show. And today's sponsor is Heavenly Catering. And of course, Heavenly Catering is my company. We are sponsoring show number 10 today. Clap, 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 clap. You know, I'm, I'm working on having the background noise for the podcast. So, so. Heavenly Catering, Heavenly Food Superior Service. Whether it's a personal party or an elegant business affair, at Heavenly Catering, we cater to your every need. Therefore, sit back and relax and let us do the work for you. Providing services since 2008, we offer an array of services not only in the DFW area, but to other cities throughout the United States as well. Our motto is Heavenly Food Superior Service. We value our customers 100% and our customer satisfaction is our number one priority. We guarantee to meet the needs of our customers by exploring their ideas with them and determining their options. All right. We also provide with personal chefs, night of elegance meals, which include dinner for two, planning for an event, dietary advice, consultation, coaching, pre-made meals, etc. for all occasions. So look us up at Heavenly Catering, DFW.com. You can catch us also on social media across all platforms at HCDFW. That's H Heavenly C Catering D Dallas F Fort W Worth on any social media platforms. All right. So with that being said, happy holiday to everybody. You know, this is a, a, a wonderful Labor Day edition, you know, for all my people, you know, up north and my people in the south, you know, you got to stop wearing your white. I don't know who made up that tradition. You know, uh, you can't wear white after Labor Day. I think it's funny. I don't think it applies to men, though. So I'm still going to be wearing my white linen pants and my white tennis shoes and my white T-shirts and everything else that goes with it. Hey, Andre. Yeah, talk to me again. I was just checking Twitter and somebody has on there, Labor Day is a communist holiday. Really? <laughs> Labor Day is a communist holiday. These you know what? Let's explore have, that. People have gone off their rocket. Go ahead, explore it. I'd like to hear what you think about that. Well... <laughs> All right, so since this is a holiday edition, and we typically talk about health and wealth on here, so I'm going to relay as much health and wealth because it is called Labor Day, a day given for people that labor, right? It's supposed to be a day off for people that labor, uh, considering that, you know, most of the people that are wealthy, you know, Labor Day is every day, right? They're off every day, even though they're working twice as hard, at least they say. So it says it's a public holiday, of festivities held in honor of working people in the U.S. and Canada on the first Monday in September and in many other countries, they celebrate Labor Day on May 1st. I have seen that uh, on there, uh, that they do it May 1st as opposed to uh, September 1st. And it says, uh, according to the Department of Labor, it celebrates the social and economic achievements of workers in the United States. Right? So... If anybody knows me, they know how I feel about holidays in general. It was a very clever way for governments to have people the ability to spend more money on designated days. I've always said that even when I was young. I completely agree with you. Yep. You know, it's been designated as a revenue generator. And it's not a bad thing. I mean, you know, birthdays come every single day of the year. People buy stuff for birthdays. But just imagine if you had a special day where you're off to spend time with your family and you want to do something special, something extra, right? So just about everybody, especially back in the day, just about everybody worked a nine to five Monday through Friday. There's very few people that did weekends and nights and things like that. So 
when the Monday holiday was here, it was considered a three-day weekend. And sometimes during that three-day weekend, you would plan some kind of event, party, you go travel and visit people, et cetera, et cetera. The origins of these holidays were meant to show or pay respect, if you will, to something in particular. This one, the social and economic achievements of workers in the United States. Now, I want you to quantify and think about what that is in its definition. To celebrate working, you get one day off. I, you know, I, I don't know. I've worked a nine to five before. And when I think about working in a nine to five, you know, one day off mandatory, you know, in a 12 month span, I don't think that's, a, you know, enough to celebrate the social and economic achievements of working in the United States. Considering that a lot of people don't even get accumulated enough time to take a week or two weeks off, you know, from vacation. Oh man, during this pandemic, people, people that have vacation time can't even take it because it's not enough workers and they're working overtime. So in, 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 in the means of it, why we celebrate it is because we've been told to. If you really think about it, Labor Day's definition in its own is just to celebrate social and economic achievements. Well, most people call that the weekend. <laughs> you know, celebrate the weekend. Everybody's always fighting to get to the weekend and get to Friday night and Saturday night and recoup on Sunday or, you know, go go praise the Lord on Sunday and then come back to work on Monday and do it all over again. So picking this particular day, it just gives people, in my personal opinion, remember this is an opinionated show, that it gives people a sense of worth and understanding, a sense of growth. Like the people that give us these jobs, the people that are the controllers of the economy, the people that supply the most jobs, the extremely wealthy, that 1% that controls you know, the government and all the decisions that are made, wants to give us an opportunity to celebrate. I think there's nine major holidays that are recognized by the government now where you actually get a day off and you can get paid, you can get paid for it, or you can also uh, have the opportunity not just to get paid, but you have the opportunity to uh, have the day off and not have to go into work. To me, again, we're more celebrating the government getting us to spend more of our money. I'm just going to say it. You know, I completely agree, Andre. And think about this. In, in the scheme of holidays, Labor Day, Memorial Day, those are second-tier holidays. Right. First-tier holidays, you, well, you know, being in, in the food industry, uh, Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year's Eve. And look when those fall. Look when those holidays fall. Toward the end of the year, and if you think about it, you know, 100 years ago or so, particularly people in the eastern part of the United States and the northern part, they were holed up for months, not going out spending money. Yep. So people had to come up with a way for them to go out spending money. And you notice October begins with um, uh, Halloween. Then, uh-huh. no, then November, you've got more money spent on Thanksgiving, a ton of money spent on Thanksgiving. Then you have more money spent on Christmas. And then you have more money spent on New Year's Eve. And then it settles in for a minute. And then you've got Easter. And then you've got all these other holidays. Uh-huh. You're absolutely right. It is a way to, to spend, to keep people spending money and keep the economy going. I, can, I completely yeah, because, believe that. Because if you look at it, it's, it's, it's interesting. The majority of the money-making holidays, the big, the big earners, because they all, they all are pretty big earners. It's like in the last quarter and the first quarter of the year, mm-hmm. right? It's interesting that you know here it is. It, it, it's Labor Day. Labor Day is like the kickoff. All right, this is the, the in the summer. You know, uh, uh, one more day to hang with your family. Then October is going to come in, and even though you know October thirty first, Halloween, whoever celebrates it, I mean, it's up to you. You know, it's a it's a pagan ritual where people dress up in costumes to scare off, you know, witches and warlocks and things of like that. But people dress up as witches and warlocks and superheroes. So I'm not knocking whether you celebrate Halloween or not, just depending on your faith. Uh, it's just another one of those pagan holidays has been added to, you know, the U.S. government. But you celebrate Halloween, you spend a bunch of money buying candy and treats and and and, and costumes and things like that for your kid. That's on the 31st. 
Then three and a half, four weeks later, you're spending money on, you know, turkeys and, and, and yams and whatever it is that your family eats. Cause I know some people go out to eat some people, but regardless, you get almost three days off. School is like out Wednesday through Friday. And sometimes that Monday, depending on the school district and you go out and you spend a bunch of money, you know, for the family. And they say it's for the family get together and fellowship. But, you know, I've taught my family, why, why, why does it have to be this designated holiday that they pick? Why can't we just do it on a random Monday? You know, why can't we just do it on a random Sunday? Why is it has to be such such a, 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 a big fuss around this particular holiday? Same thing with Christmas. If anybody is Christian, no, Christ wasn't born during Christmas based on the way the scriptures is written. Now, it didn't matter how you feel about religion, but Christmas was derived from Christianity for Christ to celebrate his birthday that was unnamed in the Bible, except with the uh, the explanation that it was during harvest time. Nobody harvests in the winter. Mm-hmm. Now people have, have have debated that, you know, the climate was different in the Middle East and Northern Africa during that time um, where they could harvest year round because it wasn't necessarily cold. But based on what the historians say in the background of the climate there, they still didn't harvest. They still didn't uh, attend to the sheep during that time. Right. So if if he was born in a warm climate, why did we pick, you know, seven days before the new year to pick as his birthday where majority of the world is cold? You know, that's just me. He wasn't even born. We just picked a day. So it's just kind of like my birthday is in June. So I'm just going to pick a day in June. That's going to be my birthday. Forget what my birth certificate says. Forget what, you know, the doctor said that I came out. You know what? My my new birthday is June 30th. You know what? This year, I think my birthday is going to be July 12th. But that's a whole nother conversation. That's a different podcast conversation. But think about that. And you get more towards the end of the year. And that's a lot of times where people need to save. And then the pressure that they put on for most people during these holiday times is that you've got to, um, what's the word that I want to use? You got to impress people or impress your children. Like, you know, I, I, I grew up understanding that my mom was struggling and my dad was in my life, you know, and he bought most of the Christmas presents because he knew my mom was struggling. They weren't together. And, um, but, you know, I was six years old when I found out that Santa Claus wasn't real. And I found out because I was nosy for one, and I got up out of the bed and saw my mom and dad wrapping gifts. And they looked at me like, oh my God, we had to tell them that, you know, Santa Claus isn't real. And I looked at them and I told them, I said, I knew it. I knew Santa Claus wasn't real, you know, and I'm glad to know that it's you guys. It's y'all hard on money. That's putting this in, not some, you know, rather robust gentleman in a red suit coming down the chimney that we don't have in in the hood that I lived in to put presents under my tree. But they put such emphasis on it and people have their different, you know, terms and things like that on it. Like, let kids be kids. Let them believe and dream. Well, I didn't let my kids believe or dream and lie. I told them in the beginning Santa Claus wasn't real. I said, no, I, I never I didn't tell them that it was their parents and grandparents buying the gifts. But I told him, I said, Santa Claus is not coming down the tree to give you this stuff. You know, I even had one of my kids go to school and and, and tell uh, tell another kid, you're crazy for believing Santa Claus. He's not real. And excuse me, got into trouble at school because they said we were killing hopes and dreams by telling our kids the truth. Right. So <clears throat> just just think about the perception that they have around holidays. Holidays are so sacred, but every day is a holiday. Mm-hmm. You know, I've learned from the very wealthy that they don't wait to the holidays to travel and take vacations. They don't wait to their kids' birthdays and their anniversaries to do that. Those are the working class people that have to schedule it around their schedule. They go when they want to. And, and you know, a little bit, almost, almost even worse is that people save up and do all these things, particularly when you get into the fourth quarter of the year, this big spread for Thanksgiving, spending all this money, on presents, a lot of money that a lot of people can't afford. And of course, you mm-hmm. don't want your kids going back to school and not having got anything. Mm-hmm. So you're having pressure to buy them gifts that you can't afford and you end up in debt. Yeah. You know? And, and, you, and you get to start the year in debt. Yes. Yeah, in one year, mm-hmm. not in debt. And then you put yourself in the more than go to the next year. Go ahead. Uh, yeah. No, you know, so it's, it's exact same thing just to get you to spend more. And, and I'm like you, what you said is exactly how I've felt for decades 
why do I need somebody to tell me it's Mother's Day so I can celebrate my mother? I celebrate my mother every day. My mother's been gone since, I think, 2008. I still celebrate her. So I don't need anybody to tell me that. Another interesting thing is about four or five years ago, I was reading an article on Kwanzaa, and there were some comments in it, and I can't remember who some right-wing guy said, Kwanzaa was just a made-up holiday. And hey, I thought... Did you did you put in the comments? They're all made up. They're exactly. <laughs> they're all made up. <laughs> but, you know, this yeah. is people who, you know, they've got their agenda. It's just made up. Dude, they're all freaking just made Man. up. You Man. know, especially I, I, since I you talk the, about... And I'll finish here. You talk about Christmas, and I knew that Christ's birthday was not around then. But again, they made up something, but that's okay. But we make up Kwanzaa, and it's a bad thing. So, yeah, it's 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 just part of that oppressor, uh, um, um, the oppressor and the oppressee, if you will. You know, whoever's listening to the show, I said it. You know, it's just that mentality that's been pressed upon us. You know, to 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 be that way. You know, when I think about holidays. And, and, and you related to whatever your religion and background is, you know, it, we don't even do the ones that are like real old and ancient that come from the different, you know, books of, uh, you know, from the Quran to the Torah to, you know, the Christian Bible, you know, uh, like we hear about Passover, but we don't celebrate Passover the way that they did, you know, back then it wasn't a big long feast. They may say seven days. And then, of course, you got the Roman Catholic Church that does, you know, Ash Wednesday and then knew the resurrection on Easter and all these different things. We don't observe these these so-called holidays the way that they were intended to be as a time of fellowship, not a time to go into debt. Not a time to be more broke. That's not what, the, you know, the guy that I learned about didn't teach us to be broke. You know, he told us to be meek, but not broke, you know, and not necessarily that you had to be rich. Because they talk about, you know, a rich man, you know, is going to have a tough time trying to get into heaven. It's like trying to thread, you know, a needle with a camel, right? It's it's difficult. But that doesn't mean that you have to be penniless and poor. There was thousands of stories, you know, um, in, in all the rhetorics that talk about, you know, the wealth and being wise in it, right? But we will blow thousands of dollars for one day. And I think it's always interesting, and this is another point, and then we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break, some uh, a station identification for Intentional Talk Radio Network. Think about this before we take this break. Most of the time on birthdays, we buy gifts for the birthday person, right? How often do people buy gifts for others? on their birthday. I just wanted just a little food for thought. Think about when's the last time on your birthday that you bought gifts for your children, your mom, your dad, coworkers, cousins, aunts, or whatever for your birthday, because this is exactly what we do. We're celebrating Christ's birthday and they say, Oh, it's all about the giving. I get it. But if we're celebrating his birthday, what do we give him on his birthday? Do we give him our praise and give him our honor, give him glory? You know, do we do we bless people that are less fortunate as opposed to uh, uh, blessing our children with a whole bunch of stuff they probably don't need or or use, considering that we've been giving them the necessities the entire year round? Think about that. When we come back, we're going to explore a little bit more of that. So this is the recipe. Coach, Chef, Dre Blass, Menu Monday on Intentional Talk Radio Network. Appreciate you. We'll be right back. Station Identification. Thank you for listening to the Intentional Talk Radio Network. Be sure to tune in every second and fourth Sunday from 4 to 5 Pacific for New Horizons, the mind and body connection with Dr. Keisha Ross. Every Sunday from 5 to 6 Pacific for Shine with Shondell with Shondell Wilhite. And also every Sunday, the prayer call for all with Galette Williams from 6 to 7 Pacific. On Mondays, tune in from 1 to 2 Pacific for the recipe Menu Mondays with Chef Andre Blassingame. Also on Mondays, tune in from 7 to 8 Pacific for Mindful Mondays with Dr. Corliss Bennett. And every first and third Monday, tune in from 8 to 9 Pacific for In Your Own Words with Dr. Godwin Orkay. Tune in every first and third Tuesday from 4 to 5 Pacific for Your Life, Your Health with Dr. George Bell. And every Tuesday, tune in from 5 to 6 Pacific for Change Matters with Kenny Hendricks and Colette Williams. 
Then on Wednesdays, tune in from 5 to 6 Pacific for conversations with Colette and Corliss, with Colette Williams and Dr. Corliss Bennett. And every second and fourth Wednesday for Smart Money Moves from 4 to 5 with Helena J. Connolly. Hey everyone, it's Colette Williams from Change Matters. Have you ever thought about hearing your voice in lights? Well, what I mean is on radio with thousands and thousands of people listening. Well, now is your chance. You can join us here at Intentional Talk Radio by hosting your own show. Bring your friends and your family. You might become the next Tom Joyner or The Breakfast Club. Call us. Drop us a line. Let's make it happen. That's Intentional Talk Radio Network. 214-919-5605 or drop us a line at changematters99 at gmail.com that's changematters99 at gmail.com see you then Hi, everyone. This is Yolanda Williams from Intentional Talk Radio Network. Are you a small, medium, or large business owner? Do you have a product or service and you would like to get the word out? Well, look no further. This is your place to advertise and communicate with your customers, community, even your family and friends. At Intentional Talk Radio, the cost to advertise is very affordable, more affordable than you may think. And why not? You've wanted to advertise on radio for a very long time. Now's your chance. Advertise with us at Intentional Talk Radio Network. We are online, live, streaming, and ready to help you become a household name. Remember, give us a call at 626-394-7012 or 214-919-5606. And remember, you can also send us an email at changematters99 at gmail.com. That's changematters99 at gmail.com. Give us a call. We will help you get there. Welcome back. This is Coach Chef Dre Blast with the recipe Menu Monday. I'm excited. I hope you like that music once again. It's my boy Nigel Northstar out of Rochester, New York. Make sure you look him up. He's doing some big things in the music industry. He created that intro beat for me. It's called Cobra, you know. And uh, I'm just, 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 just excited. Every time it comes on, I just get pumped up. So <clears throat> we're gonna hop back into talking about holidays and how we it, it, it equates to wealth. So. Before I, I hopped off, I gave you a question to think about. And so, um, you know, of course, you're going to be even watching this live or you're going to be listening to the, the replay. So it's going to be a question you're going to have among your friends, right? What, what, whose idea was it for us to have to give gifts to others on somebody else's birthday? Because last I checked, I know, the last few birthdays that I've celebrated with my kids and my family, things like that. Um, I got gifts, but I didn't give them any gifts. Same thing on their birthdays. They got gifts, but they didn't give anybody gifts. Right. Um, one of my kids, grandmothers, she would give uh, both kids gifts on each birthday. So they wouldn't be arguing and fighting over something. You know, that was just her spoiling them because she wanted to spoil the kids. That's just what that was. But besides that, never really see that. So if we're celebrating the birthday of Christ for Christmas, and I know this is this started with the Labor Day talk for people that just catch it in the middle and and transition into holidays. If we give gifts to everybody else, expensive gifts, not expensive gifts, anything like that on Christ's birthday, what do we actually give Christ for his birthday? And a lot of people that I've talked to said, well, you give gifts to others because that's what Christ would have done, right? I said, well, then what do we do for his birthday? Is that just what that is? That we give gifts? We don't give gifts of necessity. We give gifts of things that people want, right? How many of you out there, you know, for the holiday actually go feed the homeless? Me and my family have. 
you know, and I do it regularly, but I'm also in the food industry. So how many of you go to the the, the pantries and pass out bags for free to, to, to real needy families? If you really wanted to expand that on, you know, for, for that particular holiday, and it's not supposed to be about you, it's supposed to be about Christ and his ministry, then why don't you do more for others that are in need like Christ did? If you think about it, Christ really didn't go towards the Pharisees and Sadducees as far as, as things were concerned because they had the wealth, they had the money, they were the ones running the system. He didn't go to Pontius Pilate and the Romans you know, during that time and to really help them. He helped the people that were, you know, blinded, the workers that were in, 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 in that time. So think about that. When you think about holidays and spending your money, you are just racking up an unnecessary bill. Now, if you want to do it because you got it, do it, but don't have to wait till a holiday to do it. You know, my father was probably the one that taught me that the best. Um, when it came to holidays, he would just take me on the shopping spree like two weeks before Christmas. And the worst he would tell me, he'd be like, okay, son, well then, you know, you got all this stuff, but you can't wear it until Christmas. And I'd be like, really? We just did all the shopping. I know exactly what I'm getting, but I still got to wait till Christmas. That was just his thing. I think he just wanted to tease me to understand, you know, the, the, the true value of the dollar and the true value of the gift, you know, um, that you, sometimes you got to wait on it, even though it's right there in front of your face. That's what I personally think. But he taught me that, you know, and I implement that with my kids. You know, when Christmas comes, I just take them shopping. You know, I take the I, I take the guesswork out of it, you know, and they understand that most of the time it's going to be things that you need, not things that you want. And sometimes I'm doing things that you want and I'm not going to sit here and act like I didn't celebrate Christmas. Right. And don't still celebrate Christmas. Um, going to be celebrating Christmas again this year because my, my sister is going to come to Texas for the first time and visit me. I'm putting it out there in the you know, in the atmosphere. So we're going to do a whole big thing and it's more for them because me, we could just eat, sit and watch reruns on TV and not open a gift, you know, open a bottle of wine or take a shot of bourbon, <laughs> you know, and, and it's, it, it's just interesting the emphasis that we put on holidays, you know, and then turn right back around after Christmas, seven days later and throw big holiday parties. We just spent all this money on Christmas and then we're going to turn around and do a big holiday party. And then after that, you got an MLK day. Then you got President's Day. I mean, it's it's all chalked in right together for us to constantly keep that economy going. You know what I'm saying? And we have to think about that when we're building wealth. Is it necessary? Do you have to? Many of us out there make it seem as if it's a must that we do it. And it's because we've been dealing with it for, you know, over the ages, you know, I know for black people here in the United States after slavery, you know, when we got that freedom, you know, we, we celebrated every win that we had. Right. And because of that, you know, teach it to the kids and through the generations and also so on and so forth. And it has just become a ritual or a tradition. And again, disclaimer, I'm not saying you don't have to spend money on the holidays. That's up to you. It's your choice. But you got to think about your situation. Is it really worth going into debt? If we're teaching our kids these days not to go into debt, at least I teach my kids this, not to go in debt to go to school, right? There's too much free money out there for you to go into student loan debt that you're not going to be able to pay off till you're 50 you're going to take out a hundred thousand dollars worth, and when you graduate with your degree, you're only going to be worth twenty five to thirty five thousand dollars a year. And if you break that down, that's roughly two two thousand to three thousand dollars a month to take care of every single expense and pay a student loan. Okay, why go into debt if it's going to make you worse off? Yeah, I know you want your kids to be happy, but sometimes it struggle makes them stronger you know kids learn often believe it or not from failure and we've been so taught in society that failure is so bad that you know we praise the kid with the a and we shun the kid with the f as opposed to teaching the kid with the f the lesson that they learned from it right and the way that we're going to build our mental health and build wealth is to really start looking at that 
everybody that's listening to this podcast, you're probably going to listen to this after Labor Day, of course. So I want you to go back and think about how much money you spent on Labor Day to barbecue, how much money you spent on Labor Day to travel to see family, to do a, you know, a, a, a picnic, you know, uh, an outdoor gathering. I don't like the word picnic. You know, it, it derives from something very derogatory, but do a, uh, you know, a, 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 a backyard event, invite all these people over, spend all this money, you know, to impress, to wine and dine and have fun. Did you actually fellowship with the people? So when you're listening to this, go back to Labor Day or go back to the next holiday from whenever you listen to this podcast and think about what you spent on that holiday in comparison to what you would have spent on a regular day. See, holidays is daily. Holidays should be expressed daily, you know, like, like Kenny said in, 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 in the last part of the podcast, we don't need the second Sunday in May to celebrate our mothers or the second Sunday in, in June to celebrate our fathers. You know, the word says honor thy mother and thy father regularly. It should be a daily act. You know, you may not live with them anymore weekly, at least monthly. It doesn't have to be a designated day set aside, you know, grandparents day, big brother's day, father's day, you know, uh, a cousin's day. It's every day. And I think we're missing that in the society. It's like, it doesn't have to be that designated day to do something. You know, I threw an event at my house about a month ago uh, in August. It was either the second, the third Saturday or the last Saturday. August doesn't have any holidays in it. You know, and people were like, what were you throwing it for? I said, because I just want to celebrate my friends. You know, we're going to have, we're going to sample, you know, different bourbons, have some great food and have an incredible time. And we did that, you know, uh, uh, us in our group, we call us the, the SWB, Scotch Whiskey and Bourbon. Shout out to the Scotch Whiskey and Bourbon fam that's listening to this. And so we just get together and, you know, maybe smoke a few cigars for those that smoke cigars, you know, have a couple of drinks, eat good food. And we just fellowship and just talk about any and everything, our careers, you know, uh, uh, spouses, children, you know, business goals, etc. And we do this every month. It has nothing to do with a holiday. And in doing that, it really brought to my memory, just like, you know what, every day is a holiday. We don't have to wait till it's 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 a holiday to celebrate one another we don't have to wait until a designated day that was designed for you to spend money to keep the economy going as 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 a day and if you believe it or not a lot of these holidays are very pagan in its in its background and ritual you know like like for instance give you give you give you a couple examples hold on so with the, the, the definition, they say the holiday comes from an old English word, a combination of holig and day, which is holiday, holy day, excuse me. The word originally referred only to special religious holidays in North America, not any and every holiday. And it, it basically meant that any dedicated day or period or time of celebration, right? In other countries, the holiday is, you know, often used instead of the word vacation, which I find interesting. It's like in the UK, Australia, New Zealand, holiday is often used uh, instead of vacation. So when they say they're going on a holiday, they're going on a vacation, which I think is extremely, you know, interesting because it's what most people do around the holidays. They take a vacation, right? So that makes a lot of sense. Right. Here in the United States, there's some holidays that are still celebrated that, you know, originally were pagan holidays. And if you know anything about, you know, what pagan means, uh, you know, pagan is is in many forms. Devilish in in in, in nature. Right. For the most part, I don't want to represent them incorrectly because you know jesus wouldn't represent them incorrectly he would call them exactly what it is uh but the the actual definition of of pagan is a person holding religious beliefs other than those of the main world religions right so when they talk about paganism you know it's 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 not the majority right so it's not the Christians and the Jews and the Muslims and the Hindus. It's anything that's outside of those religion, religious backgrounds, what they call pagan, right? 
And so in the United States, there were a lot of pagan holidays um, that they that they that we observe, like the Roman version of Halloween is a pagan holiday, Easter, you know, New Year's Eve, Christmas. They even talk about the Christmas tree being pagan in its background. And we continue to spend money on these things, but a lot of times we don't even believe its background, which I think is interesting. We spend our wealth and our hard-earned money to do things that don't even know in their background. Again, not downing anybody or talking bad about any other religion, background, or anything of that. I bought Christmas trees, fake and real. You know, put them up in my house and then turn them into firewood once once we got to the end of it. So this is not somebody speaking from a a vantage point of never doing it or not doing it. It's somebody speaking from a vantage point of spending a lot of money on these holidays, right? And do we really know the origins of it? Why did it even, you know, come about? I think there was something that I read the other day that they're talking about the, like the first registered holiday was back in the 1400s, I believe. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me use my good friend Google real quick. First ever holiday. Let's see. It said first ever holiday. Yeah, 1460. Let's see. The oldest known holiday. Yeah, back in the 14, 1400s, right? And in 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 celebrating that that holiday cuz it really doesn't list what the holiday is. Maybe I can find it somewhere in here. It's probably something like Christmas or things of that nature. Um it was here, it, it one person says that Thanksgiving was the first holiday. Uh, I don't know about that. I guess maybe they called it Thanksgiving before uh, Thanksgiving, as we know it here in the United States, maybe. Not sure, you know. If anybody finds out, you know, finds that out, or Kenny, if you find it while you're searching, you know, let me know. If anybody finds it out while listening to the Check podcast, the chat, Andre, check the chat. Okay, hold on one second. There we go. Let me let me let me check this chat. Let's see. It says the first documented holiday uh, celebrations of New Year's occurred March 23rd by the Babylonians, which is about right, because I remember reading about that, actually, uh, over 4000 years ago. They celebrated by having an 11 day festival welcoming the first day of spring. The ancient Greece celebrated New Year's with the New Year's baby over 2400 years ago. They use the New Year's baby as a symbol of Dionysus, and everybody does, you know, different different ways of saying Dionysus, Dionysus, <clears throat> but the way that I've known to pronounce it is Dionysus, and it's the god of wine. The Romans also observed the holiday, but on the more traditional date of January 1st, right? So just, just think about that. They took an 11-day festival, right? Equate that to now. An 11-day festival, how much revenue do you think that that generated, you know, for the Babylonians back then? People were buying stuff to decorate their houses. People were buying stuff to throw in the streets, food. You know, you've seen movies where they talk about what the feasts were like. Man, if you just look at the Lord's Supper picture, it was 12 of them. They had enough food for 1,200, it seemed like, across that table, right? Think about that. It's been engraved and put into our society that you got to do it big. And, oh, Texas, we do it bigger than anybody else. Oh, the feasts are epic here. Epic, right? So when we talk about wealth, if you have it, it's not a problem. The problem that I have is for us, that didn't have it for many years, they had to put on a front that would take our last to impress others. We would invest more money in buying streamers than buying stocks for our children. I know I hit home with somebody. Think about that. We'll spend more money on the toys that they need for Christmas than to buy stock. We'll buy our kid a $500 PlayStation, but won't buy them $500 worth of stock and sold. Put that in perspective when you think about holidays. We'll spend 
It's Labor Day. I know people are barbecuing. I smell it when I drive down the street. We'll spend two, three hundred dollars on getting ribs and chicken and wings and make potato salad and greens and green beans, as opposed to why don't we have a gathering where we pick what stock we're going to leave to our kids? Why don't we have a gathering where we're going to take that $200, build up a pot and what building we're going to buy or even put in the pot together to look for buildings we're going to buy or buy a duplex or a fourplex or an eightplex and rent it out and be great landlords and leave a legacy. How often on these holidays do people, you know, they take the time to unwind, but how often do they say, you know what? I just spent two, $300 on, you know, wings, chicken wings and, 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 and beef ribs. I could have, man, I could have bought stock in Nike. I could have bought stock in the beef company that sells this to me. I could have bought stock in, in Kroger. I went to Kroger and bought all the, all the food for today's event, but I don't own any stock. See, we've got to get from that point of just spending money randomly to actually making decisions to be effective. Now, I'm not trying to blow your holiday. I'm not trying to tell you not to enjoy your holiday, okay? That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is change your mindset about the holiday. We spend so much to have a great moment in time when we can invest to have multiple moments in time. I'm going to say that again. We spend so much money to have one great moment in time where we can invest and have multiple moments in time. Here's an example I'm going to give. Ted Cruz. And I know you're probably thinking, if anybody knows anything about Ted Cruz, most people don't like him. Some people do. I'm I'm, I'm not going to say whether I like him or not, but I find it interesting when Texas went through a winter crisis back in a few months ago, that him and his family went to a warmer climate. And we complained about it. And we complained and we complained. And my first thought was family first. My second thought was he's got the money to do it. I can't be mad at that. You know, and and even for myself, I wasn't even here the week I was in Daytona at the Daytona 500 when the freeze happened. My flight got canceled in in, 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 in February. My flight got canceled and I was stuck ooh, in Daytona for two extra days. And all my friends were like, you were stuck in Daytona for two extra days. I'm supposed to feel sorry for you. I said, no, not at all. I said, if I could have got back into the state, I'd have been back into the state. I didn't know it was going to freeze. I left two days before the freeze happened. When we left, you know, it was 79 degrees, (laughs) you know, and then the freeze happened for the whole state all the way down to the beach. And God bless me. You know, I felt like I had the, um, the, uh, 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 the, the, the blood of the spirit over my doorway because, you know, my, my, my children and, and some of the friends that they had over, for that time, we didn't lose any, any, any electricity at all. There was no damage to my home. You know, they did have to run the fireplace every day, but we had a supply of firewood. And it's because he changed the mindset into, into wealth. I built that up for them. They lost no power. My entire block didn't lose any power. And they were able to help others who had lost power to give warmth and to give food. And they were good for those seven days, even though I was, you know, miles away in Daytona. And so when I look at Ted Cruz, I ask people to look at it differently. Would you rather be in that position to make that mistake or not? Because I don't think Ted Cruz, you know, should have left. At least send his family away and he stay and be, you know, the senator for the people that needs help if he can help, because I'm pretty sure he had electricity at his house. You know, maybe it was a short period of time he didn't, et cetera, et cetera. He could have found other ways to help. But I can't knock him for wanting to keep his family safe if he has the means to do it. If they tell you to get out of a town because it's a tornado and you choose to stay, that's your choice. 
if you got the financial resources to up and move to be safe to keep the human part of you safe because you can rebuild a building then leave but it goes all the way back to you know the the, the my, you know my friends that were affected by Katrina most of them that I talked to they didn't have the resources to move out they had to stay some stayed because it was their home they didn't want to leave their house but most didn't have the resources to up and move and of course you know the president at the time wasn't given enough money or enough access or granting enough things for them to move expeditiously it came much later some still never got to continue the money that lived there that needed it but if you got the resources, so you change your mindset about what wealth is. People knock Ted Cruz. I don't think it was, I think it was in poor taste, pitiful timing. But he had the resources to do it. He had the resources to take that backlash. And I implore you to learn to have those same resources. Where when you do spend money on the holiday, it's not your last, it's not your most, it's because you got it and can spend it. See, I know in the black community, we just, as soon as we get money, we want to spend it to look fly. I'm not going to speak any other uh, other communities because, you know, I was born black in this country. I'm going to talk about what I see and what I know. We've been doing it for years. I've done it before I had wealth to back it up. And so when you think about these holidays, like a Labor Day, do some research. Why do you celebrate? Why do you spend so much money on? Why do you take time out of your busy schedule to do these things? And why why don't you think about things that will bring you wealth? Why don't you turn the holiday into an asset? Right? See, for me, I'm in the catering business, right? I make money on holidays. I work almost every one of my birthdays. And people say, why? I said, that's the gift to me. I said, because I spent many years spending money on my birthday, spending money on my children's birthday, on holidays. I got in an industry that works holidays. I'm booked for uh, a Christmas, not Christmas, excuse me, a New Year's event called glamping (laughs) you know camping without the without the ruggedness of it right it's called glamping and you know i'm i'm the chef for about four days at a resort in seguin texas when most people are going to be spending their money i'm getting paid to do what i love right it's a different mindset i love the holiday been in the restaurant industry 27 years and it was some holidays that I missed. And at the time, I felt a little bad about it. And then the more and older that I got, I realized I see them more days than just that holiday. I don't feel bad that I wasn't there for that holiday. Because I see you the next day and the day after. So I see Kenny's bringing up a point. Currently, a dollar circulates six hours in an African-American community compared to 20 days in the Jewish community and 30 days in an Asian community. And that's statistics coming from this year, January 25th of 2021. And think about that when we talk about wealth, right? Some of that is because we don't, especially as African-Americans, we don't have enough wealth and businesses in our communities to circulate it in. A lot of times they get the, the, the bad background of, you know, poor customer service, if you will. And we don't want to spend money with our own. We don't take the power of our buying power and use it with our own. We go to all these different places and buy everything that's needed to celebrate these holidays, but we don't patronize our people of color. And see, we need to change that. I'm not knocking the Jewish community, not knocking the Asian community. I applaud them for having an inside type structure that keeps all of their people fed where they have less, you know, less poverty, not no poverty, but less poverty because they spend more with each other. One, 
we don't have enough of us doing enough of everything to spend more with. Two, we've been taught to spend with others because there wasn't enough of us. My family owned a black owned dry cleaners in a very um, profitable black community in Atlanta, Georgia, back in the twenties and thirties. That's what my grandfather did. He owned, he owned the cleaners and expensive cleaners at that. And my uncles and father, they didn't want to run the business. So when it was their time to take over, they sold it. My father went to the military. When my uncles went to the military, they went off and did other things, right? They still became pretty wealthy men. And, 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 and I found out it was because, you know, my grandfather taught them entrepreneurship and business in the beginning. And see, I was thinking I was going to be, or I am a first, a first gen entrepreneur, you know, with my last name. And I wasn't, it was my grandfather. It just skipped over, you know, my uncles and my father, because that's not what they wanted to do. And then I found out years later when my father passed recently in COVID and I did his ceremony and service in Atlanta, that my, uh, my uncle, his baby brother owned a liquor store for a long period of time was an entrepreneur. And I'm just like, why do I not know this about you? Because we don't talk about it. We don't circulate it. We always think that somebody is out to take it from us as opposed to working together, man. I'd love to work in my uncle's liquor store. You know, I could have been, you know, the, the, the African-American version of Gary V Gary V worked in his father's wine store and turned it into, you know, a multi-million dollar business multiple chains, online services. And you don't know who Gary Vee is. You know, I suggest you look him up. I follow him and listen to him because, you know, he's direct and he's honest about a lot of different things. He has a lot more compassion than most people that are in business. But my uncle could have told me that many years ago, I'd love to help him. Been in the industry a long time. They just don't know, you know? And there's statistics, you know, says July 5th of 2020, the black buying power was at 1.4 trillion in 2019, Right. <laughs> that's higher than the GDP. 1.4 trillion. That's our buying power with 13 million of us in the United States. So we can't say we don't make enough money. We can't say we don't have enough money to buy stocks. We can't say we don't have enough money to blow on holidays. We can't say we don't have enough money to get together on holidays and do more investments. What it is is that we don't have the financial education to, to build wealth. We don't have the uh, financial education to be wealthy. We have the education to spend. And see, we don't have a problem with making the money. We have a spending problem. And we don't spend it on the right things. See, the families that are in the 1%, the family that have money, see, they teach their kids about money. A lot of them have their kids actually work in their businesses. A lot of them have their kids actually sweep floors. You know, one of my favorite stories is, 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 is Mark Cuban. His brother was a lawyer. If you see any Mark Cuban documentaries, um, his brother wanted to come work for him at, you know, at, you know, when Mark Cuban, you know, first got up to, to becoming a billionaire and his brother came in a full suit and Mark Cuban handed him a broom. <laughs> his brother said, well, what are you doing here? He said, just cause my brother don't mean you can't do something nobody else can do. When you come work for me, you're, you're not going to ask anybody to do anything you wouldn't do. So here's a broom, a mop and a bucket. It made his brother do that in a suit. He's a lawyer. You know, to be the lawyer, you got a minimum of two degrees in eight years of school. Minimum. Minimum. And that's what he did to him. And see, we don't teach that in our community. We teach, you know, you get it, you got to spend it. You got to flaunt it. You got to be in the freshest clothes. I think it was a phrase they said back in the day, they got to keep up with the Joneses. Who the hell are the Joneses to keep up with? Right? <laughs> I'm just trying to, I'm trying to keep up with Uncle Sam and I owe him any taxes. You know, I'm trying to keep up with uh, uh, Aunt Ida. Ain't Iris, not Ida, ain't Iris, <laughs> you know, the eternal revenue service. And see, we're not teaching to build wealth. We're teaching to work. And there's nothing wrong with having a job. There's nothing wrong with working, but at least teach them if they're going to have a job to go to the very top. Don't be complacent. 
which is what happens to most people. They get an entry level job, make it thirty thousand, and then they get a ten thousand dollar raise the next year and another ten thousand, so on and so forth. And twenty years later, they're only making sixty thousand dollars. Then they want to complain. No, you didn't put yourself out there to become more than what you are. See, wealth isn't just about the money. Success is not just about the money. See, it's about the mindset. To that wealthy man. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. To that point, uh, I'm not going to name the company that I spent 30 years with, but I was an IT manager and project manager for a company for the past 30 years before I retired. And we had a, um, I was one of the few blacks, I think probably when I retired there, I don't think on the IT side, there were four or five of us downstairs at the customer service center, taking the phone calls, the service, you know, customer service, entry level jobs was probably 75% black. Not one of them ever tried to move upstairs to IT. Now, I saw people of other ethnicities do that. People with no college education, no college degrees, get up, apply for a job, and move up the ladder. But the vast majority, again, I didn't know anyone that was black that actually even gave it a shot. And when I was hiring people, none of them ever came to me and said, hey, you know, I don't have any experience, but, you know, if you've got room for a trainee, none of them. And it's a matter of mindset, people not believing that they can do anything more. So you're absolutely right about that. Yeah, and, 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 and the opportunities are there, you know. I know most people that, you know, in business would say, you know, what if you, you, you know, if you work a job, you're stupid, right? <clears throat> and so I tell people like this. I, I used to have a similar mindset because I wanted everybody to be an entrepreneur. And then I realized everybody's not an entrepreneur, right? Everybody's so, not cut I, out for entrepreneur. I, I, yeah, I would, not. did not want to be an entrepreneur. And I've done extremely well. You know, I've traveled the world. I've stayed at the finest hotels and eaten at the finest restaurants all on somebody else's dime. So, exactly. yeah, yeah, and I don't like that binary, either you're an entrepreneur or you're a bum. You know, you can, yeah, having right. a, there's nothing wrong with having a job. Nothing wrong with it. The problem is the mindset because exactly. you don't want more yep. than just a job. That's yep. where it is. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of times what happens is people get, um, I was I was listening to uh, Earl Nightingale the other day. He said what happens is people get complacent. You know, they go to work because everybody goes to work in the morning from nine to five. And they get comfortable and complacent and they don't want to fight for it anymore. They stay where they're where they're at because one, they've even been told that they can't move up and they believed it, or two, they're comfortable where they're at. And I would say to you listening, no matter what you do, change your mindset and be better at it. No matter what it is. Like a garbage man, you know, makes forty, fifty thousand dollars a year. Not a bad living, you know. If you, you know, if you, if if you're single or just married, you know, but if you got kids, you know, it gets pretty tight with only 40 grand for a year. Right. But why not have goals to go from driving the, you know, from, from putting the trash can in the truck to driving the truck to being the truck administrator or, or, or manager over all the trucks and then go from the being a manager of all the trucks to being the manager of the managers <laughs> and then go from being the managers of the managers to being the vice president of sanitation. Right. You can fight for it. You can go for it. Change your mindset. You know, I stepped into the entrepreneurial world because I got tired of trying to fight to move up. That was person. You know, I, I, I wasn't complacent with where I was. And once I got to the top as the ceiling for the particular company companies that I worked for, I said, you know what? If I'm going to work this hard to be told that there is a ceiling, I might as well start my own. But that's not for everybody. You do what's best for you. Remember, when you wake up every morning, you got a chance and a choice. That's good news you can use today. You've got a chance and a choice. So take that chance and make the right choice. Do some investments for your holiday. Get some group of people together to to work on investments for the holidays as opposed to just spending money. Why not invest it so you can have more holidays? I appreciate you. This has been The Recipe Menu Monday with Coach Chef Dre Blacks. Special edition. How to maximize wealth on the holiday. I thank you much for listening. I love you. Make sure you download, follow us. Intentional Talk Radio Network. Radio.com. Um, ITRNradio.com. 
and you can find us anywhere where you listen to podcasts. We're over. We're, we're in fifty plus countries, and I'm excited to to have you here. This has been the main man, Kenny Hendricks, and your boy again, Chef Coach Dre Blast. Signing off till next week. Peace, love, and hair. Holla.